We have to go back! everyone and welcome back to the flashback flicks retro movie podcast i'm ricky i'm grayson and today we decided to go 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 to the movies with a review of inspector gadget 2 sometimes called inspector 2 gadget and ig2 or as i like to call it inspect 2 gadget wow the strongest <laughs> of starts <laughs> Uh, so we are doing this because on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast, during the month of February, we like to call it Sequelary, where we review movie sequels of movies that we have reviewed here on the podcast. And also, there is a new movie that is also a sequel that yeah. has an inspector hitting the theaters. Death on the Nile, and that's as far as we thought into it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We, we have made movie selections on looser connections oh yeah shark tail don't even remember <laughs> uh so if you don't remember this movie it's because it was not released in theaters it was a 2003 live action straight to disney video uh it was the uh, vhs and dvd market in 2003, uh, it follows Inspector Gadget getting a replacement named G2, who is basically a, a robo, like a full-on RoboCop, just a full yeah. robot, not cyborg. Yeah, not um, a human in any way. Yeah. yeah. And um, and during this time, Claw gets out of prison and plans to steal gold from the United States Treasury. So it's up to Gadget, Penny, Brain, and G2 to stop Claw's plans. Now, this one was a sequel to the 1999 movie Inspector Gadget, but there is only one cast member who made their way to this movie, and that is oh. Dio Hughley, who returned as the voice of the Gadget Mobile. Yeah, so you know, visually, if you're going to replace anyone, you're like, oh, well, we could replace <laughs> the voice, but no, it's the only one that that, that stuck around. Yeah, stuck yeah. around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, replacing Matthew Broderick as Inspector Gadget, we have. Uh, the national treasure known as French Stewart, mm. uh, who did an amazing job, in my opinion, as uh, Inspector. Uh, and the movie, though it is a sequel, is kind of like a softish reboot uh, because they ignore a lot of the things that did happen in the first movie, largely with uh, Gadget and Claw referring to each other as Gadget and Claw because in the first movie, they had like first and last names. I think uh, John Brown was the name of Inspector Gadget, which was, yeah. it just it never sat right with me. I'm just like, his name's Gadget. <laughs> she called him Uncle Gadget. Um, and they, they kind of replaced anyone else who was in that movie. So it, it is one of those movies where it kind of acts as almost like a standalone sequel. Uh, kind of like Sister Act uh, 2, where it's like, sure, you can watch the original Sister Act, but also you got all the information you need. Yeah. Uh, or uh, Terminator 2, like you could mm. have this other one, but also this movie gives you all the information that you need to get into the story. Which is why my wife refers to this movie as Inspector Gadget 2, colon, back in the gadget. Oh, I love that. That is why, man, it was right there. It was right there. Right there. Uh, so this movie, because it did not have a theatrical release, there's not a ton of information about the movie other than the following. Uh, it was filmed entirely in Australia. Uh, ah. they, 
And so that makes sense because of the yeah. casting of Baxter, who we've seen on the podcast before uh, for the Road Warrior or Mad Max 2. That's right. Um, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah. And uh, and they also I mean, so I watched this really uh, in depth behind the scenes uh, making of Inspector Gadget 2 kind of covering all of the stunts that they did. And they spent a lot of time to get a lot of these physical scenes to be done like they have like there's it looks like they're spending full days on a lot of these stunts uh because they were really trying to capture some of the energy of the original animated series Uh, Mm -hmm. a lot a lot of reviews for the first one said that it was dark and uh added more lore than people were comfortable with with inspector gadget it got a (laughs) pg rating the first movie this one got a g rating uh and a lot of people (laughs) come on it's not called parental gadget it's called inspector gadget uh and we all know that the eye is silent uh so uh a lot of the characters personalities were altered uh to be more of a we're going to turn this into a live action cartoon instead of it kind to be a little bit more of a we're gonna ground this in the nolan verse as much as we can with someone who has gallons of toothpaste um installed in their human body uh well and because it was only released uh in home video and not in theaters it made it eligible for all kinds of awards especially the dvd exclusive award where it got nominated for best actor in a dvd premiere movie french stewart best supporting actress in a dvd premiere movie caitlin walks who plays penny and then best visual effects in a dvd premiere movie trevor hawkins Uh, and then it was also nominated for the motion picture sound editors award Um, so i I think a straight sometimes straight to home video is the right strategic move for a a movie like this yeah and the the director alex zam uh who also is one of the contributing writers really just is a fan of inspector gadget and so when i when i first watched this movie grayson i had some thoughts this was not my first time watching this movie because oh no you had seen this before Oh. oh, I see. I saw it when it was on the Disney Channel one time. I was like, "All right, let me give this. Let me let me give a look at this." Uh, and I liked it, but and this is this is how I treat cartoons too seriously because it's what mm. I mostly watched, not only as a child but also well past that. Uh, and so I think I just had beholden the original Inspector Gadget to be such a, a artistic feat of cartoon and mystery because i love mysteries it was like i get to watch something else that's kind of like scooby-doo that is fun and silly but there's also like a mystery actually at foot uh and so originally i was like i don't like they're they're turning inspector gadget into a joke um (laughs) even though that's like the whole premise of his character is Mm, that mm -hmm. he is an inspector who's bad at his job like that's the whole point uh and so there were several times when i was just like oh yeah i don't really like what they're doing but when i went back and watched a lot of the behind the scenes i was like no no they love this movie they love this property they they're not trying to make this into some um silly kids movie they are really putting concerted effort to bring this cartoon to life which is something that you have to accept whenever a director takes their vision for uh any kind of well-known property kind of like how um when 
I'm, I'm thinking about like Ghostbusters since we just reviewed that. Imagine mm-hmm. if someone like said, "Hey, we're gonna take Ghostbusters," and you know, you know what? You know what's the most interesting thing about Ghostbusters? The firehouse building. We're gonna oh, focus entirely yeah, on please. the building and uh, the decor. history of the building, and yeah. just we're gonna really spend a lot of time here. Uh, instead of the ghost or the busters, um, and so I had a lot. I had a roller coaster of experience with this movie. Like at first, I was like, I don't know, but then it got. I mean, several times throughout the movie, I really laughed because French Stewart is a talent, and they also just had a lot of fun with it. Like it felt like if you were to tell someone who really liked Inspector Gadget to make their own movie, and that was me, I would probably make Inspector Gadget too. If I'm being honest, no, it. it- it felt a lot like the cartoon. Like you said, it's a live action interpretation of the cartoon. This is my first time seeing it. Um, even though I had collected the McDonald's toys with the oh, first yeah. one and I was, I was in it and I was a big fan of the cartoon. I just never got around to seeing this. I think I went through a period where recasting was really hard for me. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. it was, that's why I never saw like son of the mask or anything, which isn't really a recast, but I was just like, it's not the same characters and yeah, whatever. Yeah. We, we didn't grow up on, um, bewitch with all the different Darren's. No, no, it's, it's, just, like, it's, it's, it's too much. Um, but the, you know the the feel of this it felt like you could just jump right into the story like it wasn't an origin story by any means and so i actually really enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i would um and it was kind of unlocking a lot of those memories of the cartoon of being like oh yeah they they said that or like that that's right that was a thing about that character so you could tell that they loved the source material yeah absolutely like right down to dr clog because a big thing on the show and this was like the a long running gag every episode you thought you were absolutely going to see dr claw's face because he was always like shrouded in darkness or like behind the chair and you always thought at the very end it was finally going to be it but he escaped somehow like as ridiculously as he did in this movie with a giant rocket shooting out of the back of a pickup like he i I love that. Uh, But throughout the whole movie, you don't really fully see Dr. Claw's face. In fact, I'm sure we brought this up last time, but the only time Dr. Claw's face was ever actually revealed was not in the TV show, but as an action figure. They had Dr. Claw and his face was covered up and it's just like you had to buy the toy to see what he looked like. So Uh, smart. uh, It was just it is incredible. And so I, I really did appreciate all of the elements from the TV show that they brought in. Uh, and, and French Stewart in the behind the scenes feature, I said that he uh, he knew that there were two elements of Inspector Gadget that you always had to bring. He's always enthusiastic and he's always incompetent. And mm. that is something that I was like, yeah, you know, you know what? You're right. Uh, the thing I... <laughs> Uh, was being like, that's not actually how it works about, was like the glitches that were happening with his gadgets. I was just like, listen, it's not that they're glitching, it's that the AI is smarter than him. It knows better, (laughs) it knows what they need. Yeah, Yeah. and sometimes, and this is the thing that I kept on thinking about, especially after watching like, you know, a lot of the MCU movies, and I'm thinking about like the Jarvis Mm -hmm. um, AI. Sometimes... Uh, the AI will suggest something differently uh, than what the, you know, the host or the occupant will uh, suggest. But then sometimes they agree on the same thing. And that's something that I realized was happening with Inspector Gadget. It's like sometimes Gadget will be like, uh, go, go, Gadget, boomerang. And then 
they'll get like a little mallet, right? And then the mallet will just get the job done just as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, I see that. Like they, they did bring some of that in. Whenever a G2 swapped mm-hmm. chips um, in the movie, like the gadget chip is like, well, how about this mallet? Let's just, th- this will get the job done just as well. Yeah. And the, the chip swapping was interesting. That was a very um, intimate scene. It was. I was just like, this isn't PG. Oh, my goodness. Like, wowie wee wah. And, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Was G2 ever a character in the, the animated series, or is that just invented for the sequel? G2 was invented for the sequel because okay. they always called him. So, um, I, there were other um, there were other iterations of Gadget, sure. Um, and so they they did like make clones of him um, in different iterations of the series. But from my knowledge um, of the original, I want to say like ninety something episode run, they I don't think there was like a, a character called G two because I don't think they ever called him Gadget G. One. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that's good. And I, I really like the dynamic between he and Penny in this, and it, it became a lot more about him connecting while his mechanical side is breaking down him connecting as a human with his existing family and and yeah. friends and so yeah no i thought they they walked the line there it wasn't totally goofy but it, it had some heart to it and yeah yeah it was fun yeah and something else i really love about inspector gadget is just how uh everything ends up working out by no intentional uh <laughs> Uh, reasoning for Gadget. So I actually, towards the end, whenever he said, go, go, Gadget, bubblegum, and Mm -hmm. it actually worked, I was like, this is kind of like a victory for Gadget. Like, the the day was saved, not because Penny actually did everything and everything kind of like coincidentally like fell into place, but because he actually intentionally was trying to save the day. Because another ongoing gag in the Inspector Gadget cartoon was that any villain he would immediately befriend and anytime brain or penny would show up in disguise it was actually mostly brain who would show up in disguise he would be like there's the culprit like he would always just attack uh and pursue brain whoever he was even though brain was the one who was trying to help uh and so i just i don't know like this this movie really did a number on my nostalgia because I'm like, wait, this isn't Inspector Gadget. But then I was like, but it is. And yeah. it's, and it, and it kind of became its own. And and I think that, uh, especially after watching so many of the behind the scenes, you could really tell that everyone working on this project really loved being part of it and really loved bringing to life a lot of these stunts. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, it's really funny to see, like, they're just using power tools to make some of these extended (laughs) arms like spin around uh and they built this big rig called (laughs) it was labeled the iron maiden uh to do the extending arm scene because that's a practical effect when he's at the bar he's holding onto the bar they're pulling him back and they just have this rail of the little extendo arms going back so that's all a practical effect and that's the thing, like, there are definitely digital effects in here, but they yeah. don't all feel that way. And it makes sense. Yeah, they, they put the work in to actually make it real. Yeah. Yeah. And, th- and that was that was a ton of fun to see. Uh, but the only thing that I was really missing from the movie, mm-hmm. um, granted, they could have done a cameo um, of the uh, uh, Don. Is it Don? It's not Don Lewis. Don Quijito. Don Adams. Thank you. 
Um, oh, Don yeah. Cajito Adams. Uh, I, I was missing a cameo from Don Adams, which, you know, they were in Australia, so I, I totally understand. So I would have liked that, just personally would have liked that. But also, they didn't use his most famous gadget. Oh, what's that, Ricky? Headcanon! Headcanon. Headcanon is a part of the show where we share with you unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the film. Now, Grayson. Yes. We've talked, I mean, we've, we've, well, something that longtime listeners will know and short time listeners will find out is that when we review movie sequels, we don't go back and listen to our reviews at all. No, oh, no. Um, we, <laughs> we, we lived it, right? We lived it the first time. So, any repeats is, um, is, it's, uh, it's not intentional. Uh, but I did want to say that, uh, my headcanon for Inspector Gadget 2 uh, is that um, the whole... Because the movie starts out in a really fun place. Because I was just like, didn't they do this in Lego Batman 2? <laughs> uh, not, not Lego Batman 2, just the regular Lego Batman movie. Uh, but didn't they do this in Lego Batman 2? I almost said it again. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a, what Lego... a cycle we found ourselves trapped in. <laughs> Lego Batman. Because I want it to be a sequel because this is a sequel. In Lego Batman, the movie... Um, as well <laughs> as well uh all he there's no crime and so there's no need for batman uh mm. i think that that was claw's original plan is that like hey like uh because the whole thing is like there's no crime there because it's the safest city in the world and so everyone's uh expectations for everything was lulled down but i think that that was not only his plan but um his ultimate plan is mm. that he himself, kind of similar to like a Superman uh, Lex Luthor uh, scenario, is that they Claw actually wants to be Inspector Gadget, um, and um, and I think that he wants to be like the ultimate bionic human. He sees himself as superior intellectually, and um, and wants to take him down so that he can be. Not only the greatest criminal mind, but just like the the greatest mind. He he kind of has that uh, whole the world is a mess and I just need to rule it mentality. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that's kind of his motivation. It's like if I can let the world see that they don't need an inspector gadget, then that will leave room for me. Mm, yeah, it was very uh, mystery men esque with with oh, yeah. uh, Captain Amazing having to manufacture these fights and and all that. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that. My head cannon. I was, I was trying to work something up where it's like, again, I went back to the recasting. I was like, maybe it's just like a different exoskeleton, and that's mm. why uh, he looks different. I, I got past it. I didn't need it. <laughs> I ended up focusing on Claw because I realized a lot of similarities with Claw to the classic Batman villains. And my head cannon is that Claw is an assembled ultimate villain. In the Ooh. DC universe, because he uses laughing gas and wears a fedora and <laughs> right, appreciates right. Penny's sense of humor, right? He travels <laughs> okay, in a seafood-themed yeah. truck and an ice cream truck. He hangs yeah. out with a cat, and uh, you briefly see one side of his face, and you can see that he has a scar on it. And, uh, you know, he's half human, half machine, he delivers uh, encoded messages with magazine clippings. And wears uh, a mask sometimes, like a filtration mask. And he yep. freezes time. So I was like, man, this guy checks all the boxes just to be like an amalgamated Batman villain. 
Wow, that's solid. That is some solid headcanon. Wow. And uh, and something else I think uh, is really interesting about Inspector Gadget, which, again, we might have mentioned in the last one. Uh, but, though, I think that he has a lot of similarities to Captain America. Mm. Um, largely in doing his, his wardrobe is like an old school, like, Pink Panther era inspector. Like, like he's, you know his his wardrobe is out of date kind of thing mm-hmm. um he's kind of a man out of time and a lot of the things that he has like in his person um are things that you wouldn't necessarily utilize in um a typical like law enforcement uh environment except for the fact that these are all non-lethal weapons right um, right so like bubble gum would be something that would you know typically uh you know, stop someone in their tracks or toothpaste like from the first movie would be great for public service or, um, you know, other things I'm sure toothpaste is good for. Uh, but I'm just imagining that he was also probably intentionally pacified so that he could also be used as kind of like uh, like a spokesperson of like uh, McGruff the crime dog, except it's Inspector Gadget. Uh, so that he would like be touring schools like, hey, kids, remember, brush your teeth. Um, just like this. And then he has all that toothpaste or he's also used as a social utility of like, Hey, we're going to provide a lot of these, um, you know, treats or, um, essentials for the community. So he like goes around and like gives toothpaste. I don't know why it all comes back to toothpaste. toothpaste. It really does. (laughs) He goes back to the toothpaste and and, like gives, he's like, Hey kid, here's a stick of gum or this, that, the other. And so, uh, I think that that's also like a secondary purpose for Inspector Gadget because he also like he has the um, toilet cleaner as like one of his multiple functions, which is an interesting choice unless that was one of his purposes. Right. Well, to clean up the streets. Literally. Literally. Yeah, you're right. It all is all non-lethal, which makes me do another mystery men connection that Baxter and Heller are brothers. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I think that's what yeah. it's gotta be. Yeah. I just believe that. Cause originally I want to say that gadget, uh, the original inspector gadget who raises nerd glasses, uh, only had like, a like, I want to say maybe 10 total gadgets. Right. It was um, kind of like how he mixed and matched them. Right. So he would have, because I the, technically the arm gadget um, that comes out the top of his hat is just like one arm or multiple arms sometimes that will uh, bring out different items that live within his human body mm. or, or cyborg body, I guess. Uh, so sometimes it'll be a mallet, an umbrella, a spring, um, but it wouldn't necessarily be just any random thing. Uh, but he, but yeah, it's, so it's interesting to see that the things that they would add, what would they get long-term use out of? Cause yeah. going back to the first movie, they had like all these fire hoses, which, which is like, oh yeah, well that makes, no, nah, it wasn't a fire hose. I guess it was a water hose. Anyway, they it's would like, they toothpaste. had spray the toothpaste. Uh, <laughs> um, if you ask me what Inspector Gadget 1 is all about, it's a, it's a big dental campaign. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Fight me at, 
fight me about it. Uh, but yeah, it just makes sense that he would be designed that way. It's in the they aren't just all random things, but they're things to serve multiple functions. Yeah, well, and that helps to have a more consistent story, right? So it can't be like go go gadget plot device. Like you have to figure <laughs> right. your way out of it. Yeah. All right, now we're going to go into the part show where we like to talk about recasts and remakes. Recast, remakes. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? Grayson, I'm so excited about this section. Uh, Spent a great amount of time. Some would say too much time. We're going to let the audience decide. I essentially, for the most part, completely rewrote Inspector Gadget 2 through the lens of Iron Man 2, because that's really what this movie is in my brain. Cut to, you know, Inspector Gadget. You're like, hey, Inspector, you need to answer to the government. We need to make more of you. That and makes he's a just lot like, of sense. Yeah. Hey, like, as much as I like that idea, we just had a super murderous version of me running the streets. So maybe the safest hands are my... Ex- super extendable ones and so then someone who actually worked for the uh the the doctor who helped design guys she's like this is based off of my father's design one of the co-designers of the original inspector gadget comes out of the woodworks like whiplash and he's like that's my design i'm gonna make the um the next best weapon um and so basically he starts making his own um not necessarily um he basically t- turns Inspector Gadget into um, an endoskeleton that, like, basically could turn anyone into, like, kind of... I, I should t- I Exoskeleton. So he basically tries to make an Inspector Gadget exoskeleton kind of thing where it's just this kind of big monstrosity um, that is, you know, essentially that big robot from... That was supposed to be the replacement RoboCop cop. Mm. The big kind of walker thing. Yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, Inspector Gadget does start to experience the glitches, but it has to do with his power source, Uh, not only his power source, but also his connection to his brain. And so they're like, well, we could remove your power source, but this actually might put you offline forever, or we can improve your brain. And so we have a lot of things where he's just trying to be smarter or trying to, like, technically become better. Uh, But ultimately, what happens is that... Uh, they do build a uh, companion to Inspector Gadget. They're like, hey, Inspector, since uh, we know that you don't want to hand over your technology, so we did end up making a G2, which ultimately serves as the war machine portion. Uh, but it's the doctor who actually um, who created uh, Inspector Gadget in the first movie. She actually nominates herself to test it out to see if she could you know, become the same kind of inspector uh, that she created. And so then ultimately they do make a big army of inspectors or uh, basically these war robots. And then inspector and G2 are the only two who can take them down using their non-lethal weapons. And I think it would be really fun and really clever. And Penny is the one who ultimately um, takes down all of the robots in the end. And then the, the two inspectors think they're like, well, we did it. Hooray. Uh, and true Inspector Gadget fashion. Wow. You really thought that out. That's very good. Very Thank thorough. You. I just wrote John Mulaney. 
That is very true. You know who else I thought of? I thought of Andy Samberg, largely because of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just like, I would love to see him do all of these physical things that they were getting French Stewart to do. But no, John Mulaney no. from this movie, no. 100%. But your plot, I don't want to gloss over your plot. It's great. <laughs> he it's could be wonderful. in that movie. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have a plot other than doing like an old man gadget thing where it's like, you know, he's getting older. His parts are breaking down. Just call it rust. It'd be real gritty. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, That'd be great. But no, for John Mulaney to be like Inspector Gadget and kind of have like a Deadpool uh, aspect to it, where he's yep. kind of commenting and being like, "Okay, all right, oh, okay. like go 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 Gadget helicopter," but, but is that really practical in a cityscape? <laughs> you know, just have him comment a little bit. Oh yeah, I will. I would love that. Oh, and and. Uh, something that I am very much looking forward to. Um, in 2015, it was announced that a new film with a rebooted version of Inspector Gadget was in development. And in 2019, Mikey Day from SNL fame, oh, and yeah. for me, from Wild and Out fame, uh, and Streeter Siddell were hired to write the film. So we might be getting some more Inspector in the future. Interesting, that would be interesting, really great. yeah. I would also legitimately love, because it's been a while since Get Smart has been on the air, right? Yeah. It's also been a while since, uh, actually, they just did an animated reboot of Inspector Gadget. Uh, I think it's time for us to do a live action series of Inspector Gadget, and it's a procedural, um, uh, <laughs> and it is... And it's live action. Like I would uh. love a procedural Inspector Gadget where it's him trying to solve these mysteries of the week uh and it just it it happens and it's great and it's on the cw and it lasts for five seasons it's great it's like law and order ios yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> um and then the little dong dong is just like go 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 in between each thing and you just see the title uh it's great Cyber in my crimes. brain yeah <laughs> Oh, Vector gets go, go, hacked. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. He's his yeah. own guy in the chair. Well, Penny's the guy in the chair. I could, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think and that would be really fun, too, because like, I, I know in the uh, new anime series, Penny got actually like inducted into um, the actual like police force. Yeah. Because uh, they're like, yeah. Penny, we, we know you're the brains of this operation. So like. Come on. Uh, and it was... Uh, I Penny, think you can't also... just be a vigilante. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to go legit. Uh, and so I think that that would also be really fun. Like, if they even wanted to do a spinoff series mm-hmm. uh, called Penny, I think that that would be really great. Like, it, it's like uh, Inspector Gadget. is like hey, he, he leaves town or if they... It, Let's be honest. If it's on the CW, it's going to be dark and gritty. Inspector Gadget, he's dead. Oh. He died. Wow. Uh. He, in the in the in the line of duty, he he's he's gone. He got disassembled, or he or he blew up, or he just goes missing. This is verbatim the intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so, something happened. Don't question me. Yeah. Anyway, Penny's there, and she's trying to solve the mystery, and it goes deep it, beyond what you could ever even imagine. And Brain is there, and he's he's still a dog, but he's not happy about this. No. Oh, 
people are like, yeah, this is classic CW. <laughs> I buy all this. Yeah, they did it with Riverdale, and now the <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Five se- first four seasons, CW. Fifth season, uh, whoever bought it. I, I yeah, want to say Peacock uh, could be Paramount. It's it's a coin toss, coin toss penny. It works. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That that and that was the completion of what the actual trailer is. It's all right there. Mm. Oh. Well, that was exhausting. Uh, <laughs> all right, but now we're going I'm to go here to, for it. Now we're going to go to our final segment where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you why would you inspect Grayson? Why would you recommend Inspector Gadget Two? I recommend this movie because I really do think it was geared for its target audience. Uh, they heard the criticism of the first one, which said it was too too dark, too serious for kids. Um, and then they made one that was more accessible. And I think a, a movie that parents could feel better about you know, showing their kids uh, with the solid G rating. Um, it's got big characters, consistent comedic bits too. Like the callbacks are there. They they point back to the source material, and uh, a very clear cut structure. Like the way that Claw points to his plan over and over on the chalkboard. It's not just a Claw type thing. Right. It, it's to guide the audience along with wait, what's happening? What's their plan? What are they trying to do? And they do that in a very clear way. Um, you know, I. I say a lot of the times, yeah, clarity, there's a lot to be said for clarity over cleverness um, sometimes in storytelling, mm. and they definitely nice. lean into that. Um, and like we keep saying, it's a living cartoon. It feels a lot like Cat in the Hat to me, but in a way yeah. that kind of honors the source material rather than tries to reinvent it. So yeah. I, uh, I, I was surprising delighted with this film more than I thought I would. Um, so I'm glad we got to watch it for sequel, Larry. And I really enjoy French Stewart as a performer. I think he's fun. I think he's always had a good sense of humor about himself too, judging on his, uh, his small role in community, um, his self-referential role. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen Inspector Gadget 2, I mean, it was a Disney Channel straight to DVD type movie, which means it's definitely on Disney Plus. Um, so go ahead and check it out, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'd recommend Inspector Gadget too if you ever watched an Inspector Gadget cartoon. And it it honestly, I mean, sure, I don't know how kids today stream things, uh, but I, I I'm glad that there is a generation that has been exposed to uh, some version of Inspector Gadget with the latest TV series being in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie is a really great adaptation of the cartoon. And I, and I honestly think that uh, there is just such a, a certain charm to those types of movies. And like I'll reference the uh, Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze um, is I feel like a closer adaptation of the Ninja Turtles cartoon than the first movie. Cause I feel like the movie is an adaptation of the comics. Whereas the sequel is more of an adaptation of the cartoons. And I Mm. think that, you know, with the source material and knowing what it is that you're trying to adapt, it really helps to just enjoy it more. Cause like, uh, if you look at, if you look at the premise of a lot of movies, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but when you are able to lean into like, no, this human being has all of these gadgets in his human body, um, and he can just do this stuff. 
what else could happen in this world, I think, uh, really makes it fun. Uh, and so I, I, I recommend this movie if you if you like really fun mysteries um, that you could watch with littles or um, even if you just want to laugh because there's some like I legitimately laughed out loud several times throughout this movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, it's it's fun. And um, it's a go, go, good time. Mm, mm. And Ricky, I just got to say, I'm so glad we we get to review movies that are at least 10 years old and look back on the past because I was teaching a college class this week and I said hey who here has seen Mad Men and no one raised their hands and I said well who has heard of Mad Men and is aware of the general concept of it and still nobody and I'm like really so many so many nominations and award okay okay um I guess I'll update that reference so I I just I'm so happy to to be uh, part of a podcast that keeps the past alive. Yep. Uh, this little time capsule here, and even more grateful for the listeners that are willing to go on this journey, even for such obscure movies as Inspector Gadget Two. So thank you, thank you, listeners. Thank you indeed. And that is our review of the 2003 American live action superhero comedy film Inspect Two Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Uh, let us know what you remember about extended warranty. <laughs> that would be so good. Oh man. Answer oh. the call. <laughs> extended warranty. There was a random, I'm just going off book here. So mm. there was, an we have a gadget. book. <laughs> there was an inspector gadget spinoff series, uh, called like inspector gadget and the Gadgeteers. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was something else. I'll I'll say that. And there was also another spinoff series called Gadget Boy, um, which is it's the exact same concept except he's a kid. Uh, but like, <laughs> how dark is that premise? Is he like a child that was brought back to life with? It's like a cyborg situation, like Teen yeah. Titans kind of. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. don't overthink it kind of situation. Oh yeah. So he's not like the child of. Of Inspector Gadget and G2, which, I mean, I got so many more questions if that's the case. (laughs) No. Okay. It is, it is, um, it is like a, a Elseworld spinoff of just like, hey, what if this uh, happened to a kid? What what, what if it was a kid instead of an adult? Like, that's the premise. You fired Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, there was that where he basically, like, Gadget, you know, uh, taught a bunch of kids, uh, a, a bunch of kid robots things. Anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, it was something. It's twenty one hyper jump street. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's good, man, Grayson. We just need to, we have to stop giving out all of these really great I'll ideas. T- I'd write them down, but I don't have a pen on me. No, yeah. I guess we could re-listen to these. Might episodes. be one of the junk drawer. Let us know what you think about this review on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks. And it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a rating and review on your podcasting platform of choice on a scale of one to five go-go's. Because you can say go-go. You oh, also wow. say go-go-go-go-go. Go-go-go-go-go. So we're yeah, looking at a- ten go's if it's yeah. a five-star review. Okay, You're right. That yeah. would be a go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-go-
on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Remember, until then, be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. With Uncharted discovering the, the origins of c- cinema, I assume, we are going to take a look back at the 1991 totally bogus journey bill and ted's bogus journey oh yeah and we're like kind of on either side of valentine's day which we never really address on the podcast because it's always <laughs> sequelary which i think takes precedent and yep, yep. um yeah what, what what better way to celebrate uh, the idea of love than uh, bill and ted uh, they clearly love each other for all of time and space that's right and some would say uh the the biggest un- friendship is the biggest uncharted journey. Yes, I've I've heard that said. I've yeah. heard it, I've heard it said just like that too. Uh, I it was before it. a CW show. 